0: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right. Episode 42.
1: 42 is the meaning of the universe.
0: 42 is also Jackie Robinson's number. It is. Today's episode brought to you by the number 42 on (laughs) Whiskey and Wonder, where I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And you know what we do here. But Megan, why don't you tell us again?
1: We drink whiskey and we teach the others something that we have wondered about.
0: Oh, that's a great way of putting it. I, I like that a lot. Um As you guys know, we hit twenty five hundred subscribers. Obviously my beard is not shaved yet. Not I, yet. I promise. It's happening. It's August coming. I've 4th. got I've got the appointment scheduled the earliest I could get an appointment. That fit my schedule with my job and the barber's schedule that I want to do it is August fourth, so it shall be happening. Um, before we get too much further into any announcements or anything, though, because I know everybody's going to jump at that one and be like, Are "Your beard still there?" Yes, it is.
1: Yep, and it is Patience. going away. Patience, going away very soon.
0: I am cherishing it. <laughs> we have to, we have to say a long goodbye. You know when you're like. In high school and whatnot, and oh. it takes you like a billion years <laughs> to say goodbye when you're on when you're with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Oh God, that's that's what's happening with my beard right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, before we get too far into announcements, uh, again, we're Whiskey and Wonder. You can check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com, at whiskey podcast. Email us, please email us. We don't have any mailbag again today because none of y'all email us. Uh, email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Um, or if you feel like donating, you can donate us uh, to at patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder or paypal.me slash whiskeyandwonder. You can find all this info in the show notes on the screen if you're on YouTube. Oh, and that's another one. Check us out on YouTube,
1: Whiskey, Whiskey and, and Wonder. Wonder.
0: Yep. Um, all this stuff's going to be on the screen or in the show notes if you're interested. You can go to our website and find all this stuff as well. You can even read a little bit about Megan and I. A little bit more. personal and in-depth
1: learn why we do what we do kind of
0: yep absolutely so now we'll officially move on into some announcements um everybody look at look at megan look over there go get on youtube and look at her
1: uh i finally in a year and a half have got my hair did
0: she got her hair did y'all
1: oh it's been so long
0: it's all the colors
1: it is four colors
0: that's basically all the colors.
1: That is not all the
0: colors. There's only like eight colors, right?
1: Uh, Roy G. Biv. That's seven.
0: Yeah, so there's only like eight colors, Okay. Right? No, Black, white.
1: No, anyway, uh, I finally feel like myself again. Uh, having colorful wild hair is what I am meant to be. So I got a French bob, and uh, my bangs are... Blue and green zigzagged, taking us back to mid-2000s emo kids. Yep. (laughs) And the back is a purple underlayered with pink. So, amazing. Shout out to my stylist, Allie, at Explicit Salon in Charlotte. You are the bomb.
0: We won't charge anything for that promotion either.
1: That is a free promotion because Allie is. is amazing. Yes, it is.
0: Allie, if you'd like to sponsor us, you know, we can talk about you every week. I'll come get my hair did there. So, you know, just saying. Um, If you guys didn't listen last week, um, and it's obvious that apparently nobody at least acted on it. We set up a poll on the homepage, on our website homepage. It is just below the uh, about us section uh, or about the podcast section basically we're trying to gauge people's opinion on whether or not you would like more, uh, a little bit of an open segment. Um, you know, we're in talks about doing it. Wanted to see what the, um, market was. Yeah. What the
1: viewer, what our viewers slash listeners wanted. So please, please go to whiskey and com and vote on our poll. It will take you 30 seconds. Maybe.
0: Yeah. It, it literally doesn't take a minute. It's right there on the homepage. Um, we can see the results. And as of right now, one person besides myself and Megan have voted. And I happen to know who that person is. So we we happen to know who that person is. So sad. Shame on, shame on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, that poll is going to be open for... Another week. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if it ends next Sunday or next Monday. I believe it's next Sunday, but you know, just go vote as Please. soon as you hear this. If it if the poll is not up there, I think it's set to automatically close, so it'll say voting for this poll is closed. Okay. Whenever it's done. So if you see that you're too late, email us and we'll still count your vote. Please. Um. As always. We're looking for people to have on the podcast now. We've got a third microphone and chair and set up and we can make it happen now. If you think you have something you can teach Megan and I, or if you are just a fan of whiskey and want to drink while we listen to us teach, you know, if you just wanna be on the can- be on and just hang out. Hang out. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're welcome to join. We, sorry, we can't pay you, but
1: we would love to have you anyway.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, In addition to that, we are always looking for advertising opportunities. So if you're in the advertising game and want to help out a small podcast with a small audience at the moment, we're growing. We're growing. We're growing. We are. Fast, faster than I expected, at least. Agreed. Um, You know, check us out. Um, as always, thank everybody. Thank you all so much for donating, for listening, subscribing, commenting, and you know what? This is something I never really thought to talk about on here, but I thought about it this week. So I'm gonna get into a little bit of a backstory here. Uh-oh. Uh, I listen. I listen to. I watch, and this is gonna sound weird, but there's a hobo. Um, oh my who god! Makes, who Not makes YouTube videos, and I I I love watching these videos. It's so cool, anyway, he basically he got he got really sick for, uh and yeah he's he's not really been riding trains very much, and so he pretty much in his last video was like, if you could just share you know one video with somebody, it just takes just a couple shares to help you know Build. the videos pick back up, yeah, and he's like look I, I don't I don't need much to live, but these videos are my income now, and with all my medical stuff, I haven't been able to post I don't want to say dramatic videos and whatnot. But anyway, it got me thinking. I was like, you know, it really does only take a couple of shares. So, yeah. you know, you don't even have to share it online. Just tell your friends. Tell your whiskey drinking friends. Tell your uh,
1: history, buff, history friends. buff
0: friends or your people that just like to learn weird shit. You know, yeah. tell yeah. them about us. We would appreciate it so much. Um, I humbly ask and beg.
1: Yes, I'm um, on my knees begging you, please.
0: How can you... If you're listening, how can you say no to that voice? It quivered. (laughs) Um, But as always, thank you guys that do listen and do share us and support us and smash the like button and subscribe and all that good stuff.
1: Yes, thank you guys. And any other announcements, Tyler?
0: Are you, the way you said that makes me think I'm forgetting something. No. Oh, no. then No, no, we're good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You just, you said that and I was like, oh.
1: Well, I didn't want to say okay, moving on and yeah, there no, was something no, else. So that's no. good. Okay. Okay, right. moving on.
0: Opening the bottle.
1: All right. So, for the
0: <laughs> Nobody if you're not on YouTube, you're not going to say I just like went to shove the bottle in the camera or the face of the camera and I definitely went out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely missed the entire frame.
1: Uh, we are professionals. So, not we're professional and professionals.
0: We're amateur, profe- we're professional amateurs. There you go. There we go. Yes. <laughs> I think that's uh, what the people on, um um what's that cam site?
1: Cam site? Yeah,
0: for like the, where the.
1: Only fans? Only
0: fans. I think that's what only fans.
1: Professional amateurs.
0: Professional amateurs.
1: Okay, I'm not going to ask how you know that, but.
0: <laughs> Everybody knows about only fans.
1: So, Tyler, for like the first time ever, what are we drinking? I don't really know.
0: Um, so we've done this. Uh, I've mentioned before that friend John of the podcast, which is friend Shelby's older brother, is part of a whiskey group. He, is, he lives uh, in a nearby state. I'll just say that. Um, and they get select barrels uh whiskeys from select barrels as part of this group and it's not things that you can are able to get in store for the most part i think i found a place to buy this week's whiskey online okay um i don't know if it'll be from the exact same barrel i'm not sure how many come out of that but friend john was nice enough to send us a sampler if you're on youtube you saw me hold up this little bottle i almost did it out of out of screen again um where he's basically put a little bit of of the fifth he got or or however much he got. He's nice enough to send us a taster and he sent us the key to it here. So, each bottle's got a number and we have we actually did one already. Uh it was the 1792 single barrel and that was episode 38. So, Megan and I we're not overly, overly excited about that one, but
1: yes. you know, yeah. we will see if we'll this s- is any better.
0: Exactly. Um, so but this what week, is it? We are drinking Starlight Distillery, single barrel, Huber's Rick House Select, which is aged at least a minimum of four years.
1: Okay, so I did know the distillery we were going to be uh, going with today, which apparently is an extension of a. Orchard Winery Vineyard um, in uh, Indiana. Uh, Anyway, this is Starlight Distillery. And this is directly from their website. Welcome to Huber Orchard and Winery's newest edition, the Starlight Distillery. Our distillery is located at Huber's Orchard and Winery. And then they give the uh, address and everything. They planned to start the distillery in the mid-90s, and they were inspired by ancestors who once distilled fine brandies in the area in the early 1800s. Producing brandy is no small task, and being the first to walk through this process in the state of Indiana was not without its share of frustration. Our master distiller, Ted Huber, and his Co-owner Greg Huber spent about two years researching and working with our legislators in Indianapolis to pass important legislation that would allow us to produce both wine and brandy. And now apparently whiskey. Once this legislation was passed, the lighter side of the distilling began in the rolling hills of Starlight, Indiana. Uh, and they go on to talk a lot about how to distill brandy, which this is not a brandy. So we're going to go and, uh, they continue to talk about brandy up until the very end. So, um, that's what I have on Starlight Distillery. I'm not going to lie. And hopefully they're not listening, but if you are like, you probably should work on your, uh, advertisement or something a little bit more. I'm quite scared to taste this whiskey, to smell this whiskey, to do anything with it. When it is a whiskey from a place that doesn't even mention it, distills whiskey. They're mainly a winery. They do some brandy. Whiskey is not mentioned anywhere. That has me worried.
0: So that is a good point. Um, I'm a
1: little bit nervous. Um,
0: so I I mentioned earlier that I found a place where you could buy this. Um, and typically with these, it's not something that we find reviews on. a matter of fact, I think I searched all four of these when we first got them and couldn't find any kind of reviews online, but I found on the same website, um, I found it's got a nose, a palette and a finish. Uh, as well. So it looks like somebody has changed since we got this uh, several weeks ago. Now got this package in, um, I just smelt this and overwhelmingly has an alcohol smell. It was like right as Megan was saying, she was nervous. Uh, I took my first whiff and it, it burnt my nose hairs.
1: Uh, I feel like it's overwhelmingly fruity. I'm getting a hell of a lot of apple and apricot like smashed together. Um and yeah, the alcohol is intense too. So all all the as, alcohol, apple, apricot.
0: I definitely get fruity uh and I can I can get what you're saying apple. Um I don't really get much else maybe.
1: I feel like the apple is overwhelming.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I like- don't I don't you know, I was thinking maybe I'd smelt some kind of pinch of vanilla, but I think I'm just trying too hard on that.
1: Yeah, I I really
0: I it just smells like alcohol. I mean, it it's <laughs> burning my nose to the point where I almost want to sneeze. Um, yeah, overwhelmingly apple. Yeah. So,
1: alcoholic apple. It's I don't know. Again, a little a little nervous. What are we supposed to be smelling according to these peeps?
0: According to this website I found, it is caramel, vanilla, apple, extremely potent. Yeah. Which we get the apple and the extremely potent.
1: Yep. Uh, caramel, Maybe vanilla.
0: Some, may Like I said, I thought I was Tyler trying thought he way got too vanilla, hard for vanilla, but, but apparently I'm not.
1: I, I still I, am only getting apple.
0: So one thing I've noticed for me is I get the vanilla when I'm away from it
1: oh because
0: i was doing that i don't really okay but when i'm away from it
1: okay yeah if you're further away you lose some of the apple you get some of the
0: get a little bit of just a hint of vanilla
1: yeah okay i'd agree with that um
0: uh just to let you guys know the 2020 version of this Is retailing for $50 on this website. So I don't, I looked, I looked on the actual official website and I did not even see this whiskey on there. So now it's my turn to drink. And I am not excited after that.
1: (laughs) I just took my first sip. And those of you guys, um, I tried to turn away from the mic, but I think I caught myself in my headset. I like wheeze coughed. Because the alcohol is intense. Like Yep. Yeah, oh. like you drink it and you're like Ugh! Oh my god.
0: This is something Ooh. for me. Mm, that's it's making me salivate.
1: Yep. I drooled a little out my mouth.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> This is a winter whiskey. This is something that uh you gonna feel the it's gonna keep you warm. Um Taste wise, the end was a little oaky towards the finish. I always struggle getting the, the the first notes the first time through. The end note was a little vanilla with oak, maybe a little maybe a little bit of that caramel flavor in there. Um, but I'm gonna have to take another sip for the
1: it's so alcoholic Um, I I get I. It is overwhelmingly alcohol. I do get like some apple skin. Um, If you know, like it's kind of that tart apple skin, not the flesh of the apple. But if you ever like peeled an apple and then like ate the skin, maybe I'm a weird person, but I've done that. Um,
0: I don't even like apples. So anyway, it's it's a texture thing. Uh, That makes sense. I like their flavor, but
1: not their texture. That makes sense.
0: It's like a crunchy soft. I like it. I don't, anyway.
1: Anyway, Um. so I get Apple Skin, an over, over, overwhelming alcohol. Like, it is obliterating everything else. The yeah. end is a little oaky, like Tyler said, but man, that alcohol is, mmm, Is intense.
0: Me, for me, it is, uh, on the tip of the tongue, it's very... It's it's got some sweetness. It's got some a little bit of the f- apple, not too much. It's and it fades really quickly into the overwhelming alcohol flavor. Uh, it it got a lot of lot of kick to it, a lot of spice. Not even like a cinnamon spice. Almost like a very intense wintergreen spice. I would say. Um, and then it lessens off to uh, vanilla, oaky. Vanilla is also present in the forefront. Like I said, it's kind of sweet, happily for me. Um, and then it burns the whole way down, but it it's really overpowering in the mid. As it towards the finish, it it the burns not as bad. Yeah. Um. So.
1: What are we supposed to be tasting, and what's the finish supposed to be?
0: Wow, so vanilla, caramel, pepper, which I'm assuming is the spice <laughs> that we're getting in there, dark cherry and dark chocolate with a finish of cinnamon, oak, rich and fiery
1: uh, pepper and fiery is the only thing I really agree with that. maybe I, a little bit of vanilla,
0: I definitely get the vanilla a little bit of uh,
1: no dark chocolate, but, no well, cherry okay,
0: so um this is this is interesting. Because I thought I was, I thought I was thinking like going a little crazy, but I thought I got just a smidge of like apple because I haven't had a sip since obviously before I started talking, you know, a couple minutes ago, I thought I was getting a little flavor of apple just in the, in the back of my mouth. And I think it's the cinnamon because I'm so used to having cinnamon, cinnamon and apple, apple stuff together.
1: because you yeah. you don't eat apple apples.
0: Yeah. So You know, I think that's why I associated it with apple instead of cinnamon. Um, I'm not getting any cherry and any dark chocolate, and I would just like to say, I saw this on the thing, and I was like, oh yeah, this thing's aged four years. It's probably gonna be pretty good. I don't need to bring a glass of water or anything in here, so I'm riding. uh, I got nothing to chase this down with if I don't like it. You want some water? No, I'm all right. Okay. Um, um
1: there's only been one whiskey I think we've ever had to stop and go get chasers for. I
0: think there's one or two for sure.
1: I, I know for a fact there's one.
0: Yeah, I know there's definitely one. <laughs> so I'm gonna read you guys what this website said. Uh and this is from breakingbourbon.com. Uh this one packs a punch right from the start. The nose explodes from the glass like a freight train. The intensity continues in its punchy palate and hot finish. It may not feature a wealth of different or unique flavors, but instead focuses on a on boisterous flavors and a cask cask strength like impact. A bold sipper. Ugh. so yeah, I uh, yeah, yep, I agree. Quite, All right, uh, quite a impactful punch on that one.
1: And this is supposed to be a
0: bourbon. Yeah, it's a. Indiana bourbon.
1: Well, Indiana needs some help.
0: Y'all need to talk to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get get y'all's governors together or, or your brewers all together or something. Your distillers. According to Megan.
1: Yeah. Is, oh, okay. Well, uh, that's interesting. Let's sip on this and let's move on.
0: All right. It's time for the Wonder Segment.
1: Okay, it is my week again, and I'm super excited about what I am going to teach you guys about. I'm not going to immediately say what this topic is because I have a little like paragraph first to kind of put you in the mood. Mood. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a better thing to say. Um, I will say this is very, very, very French. So let's see if three years of French in high school makes me be able to pronounce any of these things correctly. Um, I'm not going to bet any type of money on it because I'm not very good at language. And so um, if I mispronounce anything, if you speak French, I am incredibly sorry. Uh, Public school taught me for three years and I remember approximately two words. Bibliothèque en Pompilomouss. And that's it.
0: I think I know more French than you. Probably. Ah, <laughs> <a trois. laughs> I know that from movies. <laughs> Not personal experiences. Jesus.
1: <laughs> All right. The year is 1765, and 19-year-old Marie Jeunet Vallée is traipsing around the outskirts of Jevoudon with her younger sister. A pike is gripped in her trembling hands and her eyes dart back and forth as sweat beads on a well-chewed lip. They're crossing the river to get to the community's tithe farm. Terrifying stories of La Bette have been reported consistently for over a year. Dozens upon dozens of her fellow villagers had been brutally mauled, obliterated by the ferocious beasts, that seemed to target women and children specifically, though several men had also lost their lives. King Louis XV was even concerned. He had sent his very own gun bearer to hunt the beast and often granted money to victims whom survived attacks. 6000 livres was offered as a reward to any hunter that could bring her down. Livre stopped being the currency in France by the 1800s, so finding an inflation calendar proved challenging. The best I could get was an estimate trying to use pounds in 1765 to today. So if I make the Livre turn into pounds, 6,000 pounds in 1765 is equal to about... 740,000 euros in 2021, then converting that to US dollars, it is over 1 million US dollars.
0: To go hunt this thing? To
1: hunt and kill this beast. And so, when from the bushes a giant creature pounced toward Marie Genet, she was prepared and raised her spear to defend her and her sister with all she had. The beast was wolf-like, but not a wolf. It was much larger than any wolf that had ever been seen, being described from the size anywhere between a calf to a horse. Its tail was long and panther-like. The hair on its heads and legs were shorter than that of its body, all over reddish-gray with a large black stripe running down its back, and talons were on its feet. Marie Jeunet thrust her weapon into the beast, successfully impaling the creature. Reports are that it cried out in pain and was knocked to the ground, where it rolled into the river and disappeared. Authorities questioned the sisters and inspected the spear's shaft. Two to three inches of blood had coated the weapon. Marie Genet Valet became a local hero, dubbed Amazon by local reporters. Royal gun bearer Francois Antoine called her the second Joan of Arc, impressed with her bravery and composure in the attack. A statue in Auvers, France, was erected in her honor, and it depicts Marie Genet in mid fight with La Bête. So, and it's a little, little bit of picture. I am going to put all these pictures on Instagram because um, I have a couple more pictures that deals with this topic. So, uh, that first picture is of uh, Marie stabbing the beast it as looks, it pounces.
0: Yeah, just to describe it, it looks like a kind of like a wolf, but with a like a Chinese dragon's head and like a. Yeah, like a t- long tail, like a panther or a cheetah or something would have. Yep, so the
1: drawing that I'm showing Tyler right now, that again will be on our Instagram, Whiskey Podcast, is the official drawing that was like appearing in newspapers at the time in the 1700s about La Bette. And it, it's a very strange, like he said, wolf-like, cat-like thing. Um, a very...
0: That one had was much less the head of a Chinese dragon.
1: Yes. So, that being said, now that you're in the mood and you kind of know what's happening, let's take a look at the Beast of Gévaudan in depth. This creature, or creatures, terrorized the Gévaudan region of France from 1764 to 1767. It killed over 100 people and left an additional 200 people injured. And first things first, historically, the beast of Gévaudan 100% existed. This is not a cryptid. This is not an urban legend. It is not a story made up to tell around the campfire. There are tons of records and reports from the 1700s stored in the French archives and parish records. The documentation is extensive, to say the very least, and La Bête du Gévaudan has been researched and studied by by specialists from the 19th century onwards. But what isn't known is what the beast was. Maybe it was just a wolf. Maybe it was a hyena or a prehistoric beast called a hyenodon. Perhaps it was a serial killer wearing a wolfskin disguise. Historians, scientists, zoologists, pseudoscientists, and conspiracy theorists argue today about her species. And I'm going to show Tyler a picture of the uh, prehistoric hyenodon, which is a ancestor of the modern hyena. If you can guess that from its name, um,
0: does kind of look very similar to, to the drawing. Drawing.
1: Yeah, that's that's what why I included it. Um. And moving on. So I will refer to the beast as female as she or her, because in France she was addressed as a feminine la bet. But for the most part, she will be the beast or the monster. But if you hear me say she It's simply because respecting French culture, la is feminine. In April of, I put
0: 1964. Wow, not that long ago.
1: No, in April of 1764, a young shepherdess returned to her family in hysterics after being attacked while watching over the cattle. Cattle are known for being extremely protective of those they love, be it their own offspring or their caregiver. The beast charged at the young woman, completely ignoring the bovine, but the cattle rushed to aid their shepherdess, charging and stamping at the beast to get it away. The cows were successful and the beast ran into the forest. Undoubtedly, She was the first known attack of the beast of Jevoudon, and thanks to her livestock, she was also the first survivor. She explained that her attacker was, quote, like a wolf, but not a wolf. Two months later, Jeanne Bollet, a 14-year-old shepherdess attending sheep, was not so lucky. Sheep, unlike bovine are skittish, and would have bolted in terror, bleeding cries throughout the wilderness as their caretaker was torn to shreds. The screams of the girl and the bleats echoed down the mountain and alerted those nearby that something was terribly wrong. The sun was setting as the would-be rescuers rushed up to save Jeanne Bollet, but it was far too late. Her torso had been torn open and her organs devoured. One of her arms was ripped from her shoulder and lay nowhere nearby, a snack that the monster took with it into the forest. Jeanne Boley was the first, and sadly, nowhere near the last. In August, the second confirmed victim appeared. Marianne Hebrard vanished. Searchers turned up her body, quote, throttled and half eaten. Unquote, with remnants of cloth scattered about. And just two days later, the beast struck again. This time, an unnamed 15-year-old girl was found, her state the same as the previous victims. And from there, the attacks became a frequent occurrence. Residents of the villages throughout Jevaudan began to wonder if they'd know the next person to die, or if they would be the one killed. Jean Riotor was 12 years old when the beast attacked him. He was savaged and torn asunder, but he survived and lived to be 76. He carried the scars and the story for the rest of his life. Hours after mauling Jean Riotor, his hunters tracked down the beast to Chateau de la Baume, an estate still standing today, which is often used as a site for weddings and movies. Now, victoriously, the hunters aimed and fired their weapons. Through the gunpowder smoke, they saw the beast fall. And then the unthinkable happened. She got up and bolted back into the forest, not slowed at all by the various bullet wounds afflicting her hide. Every victim of the beast was savaged during her reign of terror. At least 16 people were decapitated, completely decapitated. Many were able to shoot it with guns or strike it with weapons in some way, and it always seemed to shake off any wounds and dart away often to reappear and attack someone else later on that very same day. People were terrified. If you had to go out, you took weapons with you. Shepherds began to affix their herding dogs with studded collars to protect their necks from a wolf's jaw. Quote, An account of the beast's predations published late in 1764 advised fervent prayers and sincere conversion while waiting for some hero to present himself who will undertake to fight against such a monster, end quote. People were terrified that this was a punishment sent from God to hurt France for losing the Seven Years' War. The first sanctioned beast hunter was Captain Jean-Baptiste du Hamel, a veteran of the French-Indian War. He decided he was a hero, chosen by the universe to slay the beast and become the champion of Jevoudan. So in October of 1764, the captain and his dragoons marched into Jevoudan. People were hopeful that the dragoons would end the terror, even if they did worry about having military troops in their midst. Captain Duhamel led 15 hunts over the first two months, and was unsuccessful every time. With each failure, he and his men grew more desperate and more upset, with him claiming to be inconsolable by the end of the year. The press increased stories of La Bête du Gévaudan. Quote, the Anglo-Saxons called January wolf month, the time of the year when the predators were most ravenous. The beast wasted no time in living up to the reputation of its northern brothers with a January 2nd decapitation of a 16-year-old youth. When the crime was discovered, the animal absconded with one of the boy's arms. There would be two dozen attacks and 10 deaths in the first month of 1765, end quote. On January 12th, the beast sprung upon seven children watching over their family's cattle on a mountainside. Jacques Portifet, aged 12, was the ringleader of the group of friends, consisting of girls and boys aged between 8 and 12. They were being kids, enjoying their company, dueling with sticks, making sure the cattle stayed away from the nearby bog. Eight-year-old Joseph Penafleu saw her first, as he led a cow away from the marsh and complained of the cold to his friends. He stopped talking and sunk down, clutching onto the cow's leg as he stared in terror up the mountain. His friends began to tease him for being so cold that he'd sink to the floor, joking that he was warming himself in her fresh manure. Portifei followed his gaze and screamed in warning, La Bette! and then she was upon them. In a panic, Panafleu tried to run, but she leapt onto him. But portefeu began a counterattack and ordered the rest of the kids to join. They began to beat at and stab the beast who let go of Panafleu, rending a chunk of flesh from his cheek and swallowing it down first. portefeu refused to let his friends back down and ordered them into a circular formation as they continued to attack the beast. The cows also advanced, tossing their horns at her, aiding their caretakers. Portifray's friends wished to flee and run, and somehow this child convinced them to stand their ground, proclaiming that if they left, they would all die. And with help of the cows' positioning, Portifrey instructed everyone to help him drive the beast into the freezing water of the bog. Distracted, unable to choose a victim with so many things counterattacking, the beast lost balance and fell into the water. They continued to jab at her with spears until the beast tired of fighting the children and ran away into the forest. This all took place in mere minutes. Quote, The courage of seven children rallied King, and people, and provided the young hero Portefaix with an all-expensive-paid education and a career in the military.
0: I was going to say, I hope they made this guy a general because it's a, or not a general, but at least an officer in the military. Mm-hmm. Or this kid, I shouldn't say this guy. Yeah, this twelve-year-old. Yeah, it sounds like he uh, had a good mind for leadership. So
1: yeah, King Louis the immediately gave him a big bump from the peasant he was. Good for him. Right. Thanks to their heroics, the Beast had press reporting on it all across the world, from Boston, Massachusetts, all the way to Brussels in Belgium. The Beast of Gévaudan became one of, if not the, first media sensation. On January 27th, King Louis XV officially offered 6,000 livres to whoever brought him the Beast's hide. Captain Jean-Baptiste Duhamel was even more desperate to finish the hunt with victory, but continued to face numerous failures. Duhamel would not kill the monster. That honor went to François-Antoine, a royal gun-bearer, and his nephew, a gamekeeper, for the Duke of Orleans. In late September of 1765, they brought down a large wolf near the abbey at Chazez the 71-year-old gun bearer earned the 6,000 Livre reward, as well as titles and land, for bringing what was thought to be the beast down. Except the attacks started again in December. By now...
0: I was just going to go dun-dun-dun.
1: I mean, yes, you're correct. By now, peasants living in Jevoudan realized that the state was unreliable and decided they have to destroy it by themselves. This brought about the question, was there more than one beast, or had Antoine failed to kill her, period? The royal court held firm that the beast had been killed and refused to acknowledge that Jevaudan was still being terrorized. And I'm starting to talk funny because this whiskey makes you burp a lot, so I'm like crying.
0: Uh, you know what I'm going through every week now.
1: <laughs> like, oh, this is not, this is not a very fun experience to be having. Um, so I'm very sorry if I end up burping in the mic, but, uh, man, maybe wineries, uh, shouldn't distill whiskey.
0: Just saying. Uh, like I said, this happened, uh, the burping happens to me almost every week.
1: That's strange. Maybe I swallowed air with it cause I'm trying not to taste it anyway. Oh, Oh, you're not sneezing. You're yawning. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, so I'm, sorry I'm, to I'm bore y- you. No, no,
0: you're not boring. You've captivated me. I'm just <laughs> uh, side note. I slept in until 1030 this morning. If you listen to last week's episode, we talked about how I gave Megan shit for sleeping in all day. <laughs> I have been that freaking exhausted this week. Damn. Like I woke up at six o'clock, let the dogs out, went back to sleep and then didn't get up again until 1030. Damn. Well,
1: I'm sorry, bro. That sucks.
0: I, I got my I got some sleeping. Anyway, go on All with right. your story.
1: Sorry. The royal court held firm that the beast had been killed and refused to acknowledge Jevaudon was still being terrorized. The beast brought down dozens more people and injured even more between 1766 and 1767. On June 18th, 1767, Another hunt was organized, and 12 locals took to the forest to track her down. One of them was Jean Chastille, a pilgrim carrying a blunderbuss. The hunt continued into June 19th, where they tracked her to the Tinasère woods. Jean Chastille fired his blunderbuss into the beast at close range, and she fell, lifeless at last. The beast was taken to a surgeon to examine the contents of its stomach held human remains. The attack stopped, and Jevoudan was free. But what in the fuck was this weird-ass canine lake creature? That has haunted history far longer than the beast that stalked its victims through the mountains of Jevoudin.
0: So... They finally did kill it. What happened to the bones? We'll get under it. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were wrapping up. Oh okay. no, I'm not done. Oh, okay.
1: Not done yet, my friend.
0: I need, cause as of now this, I, I need proof. I don't, <laughs> you know me, I'm a skeptic. I, I, I don't believe I, at this point, There's I think so, it's
1: so, it's not an urban legend is the thing.
0: I don't think it's an urban legend at all. I I have my theory on it, but I'll save it till I'll I'm curious to
1: know. I'm about to read different theories, so I want to know yours before I read all the popular ones.
0: Um, there are very 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 few animals on this planet that will just outright attack humans, especially when there are prey animals about like cattle and sheep and whatnot. So, I think it's another human. Okay. I personally, I think that is the most, I, if you've ever read uh, The Most Dangerous Game, um, which is an awesome play on words for the book. Um, have you read it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I genuinely think it's another human. I, animals typically don't attack humans for just no reason, especially when there's prey animals around. Like, yep. Even think about it like a bear. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to go for Bear's going to go in the river and get the salmon. It, it's not going to get a human unless it's either protecting its babies or or something or it's rabid. It's a rabid or pissed off that day. You, <laughs> Who knows? You, you know you sneak up on it or something like that and yeah. it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. This seems like it was purposefully this targeting This actively stalked people. It actively hunted humans.
1: Yes. Um At the end, I'll tell you more where you can read more in depth. Um, But some of the things it did, like people saw it in their windows at night, like looking at them. Creepy as fuck stuff. Anyway.
0: Yeah, but uh, see, that's where I get a little. kind of. All right. You say something like that. We're talking about 17 late, you know, mid to late 17th century France here. It's not like these people had. Bars on the windows and. The doors were necessarily locked, it, yeah. Well, if at all, yeah. Um, so if it was a human, it could have easily come in the door, or you know, even if it was a beast that really wanted to get in, it could break the glass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, you know, it, interesting. I need I need to hear more of what you're saying.
1: All right, let's talk about the most popular theories. Theory number one, wolves. That's it. Seriously. Let's take a look. J.M. Smith told the Smithsonian, quote, had a serious wolf infestation. He says that large lone wolves were attacking individual communities across the region or that it was a wolf pack. Smith asserts that many of the fantastical qualities attributed to the beast were induced by clergy, who stirred up fear in the populace that God was punishing the French for its defeat in the Seven Years' War. For hunters, killing the beast was a way of reclaiming France's honor. Wolves are native to the region and had attacked humans before, Some statistics show that wolves attacked humans 9,000 times in France between the 17th and 19th centuries. In most cases, these types of attacks were by rabid wolves. Theory number two. An escaped hyena or lion or dog-wolf hybrid. Someone who has never seen or heard of a hyena or lion might describe them as very odd-looking wolves. So this theory might help explain why accounts of the beast have such strange descriptions. Peasants in France in the 1700s had no idea what those animals were. And if this theory is true, most likely one or more of these animals escaped a private menagerie and began to hunt to survive in their new French mountainside world. On this same theory, some believe the beast was the pet of Jean Chastille and trusted him, which is why he was able to kill it so easily at the end. Theory number three. And one of the most eerie and fascinating theories is that of a serial killer plaguing Jevoudon. Dr. Paul Puch, a university professor in 1911, put forth this theory. He stated that perhaps the beast was a maniac that dressed in wolf skin as a disguise, for his own preserve, per, perversions. Another idea is that a serial killer trained one or several war dogs to kill on command and put them in armor, which would explain the resistance to bullets. What's hard to describe is how 16 victims were decapitated, which would be very difficult for most animals to do, which has enhanced the serial killer Theory throughout the years? Is it a combination of one and three? In 2012, Jean Marc Marisseau, a French historian, suggested that some of the killings were indeed done by wolves, but some very possibly could have been done by man, a, a sadistic murderer using fear and superstition to hide his own crimes. Theory number four. A demonic monster sent by God to fun to punish those of Jevoudan.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah, let's not get into it. This is nope. factual Move on. Theory five: Cannibalistic soldiers. The Seven Years' War ended in 1763, the year before the beast's first attacks. Some theorize that returning soldiers or transients lost in the war resorted to cam- cannibaliz- cannibalization to survive and went mad. Theory number 6, one of my favorites, but the least true of them all. Werewolves. Yep.
0: I knew that was <laughs> going to come up at some point.
1: <laughs> Werewolves. Fuck, <laughs> moving on. Theory number 7. Not a particular bad theory per se. There are several thought to be extinct animals that would fit the descriptions of the beast, like the hyenodon I mentioned and showed Above. What happened to the bodies of the beasts killed? Sadly, here is human error and lack of scientific knowledge. The first one killed was destroyed after being taxidermied due to inadequate preservation. The second was ordered to be buried by the king. Some experts think that instead it was mounted and preserved, but was destroyed by parasites. It is a shame that modern scientists don't have a specimen to study, but it has been over 200 years. Hundreds survived the attacks. How did they not identify it? Simply and inelegantly put, they were peasants. Historians can't go back to read their journals because most were illiterate. Peasants didn't keep diaries. Everyday life in the Jevaudan was a struggle. My verdict? I have absolutely no idea. The theory I lean toward is the last couple surviving hyenodon. Assuming scientists are right in their reconstructions of its appearance, and its personality, and its intelligence, I think it would be logical. Many people across the internet think it was a hyena, and I think this ancestor of the hyena fits even better can't see it being a case of our modern canis lupus, even a rabid wolf, because wolves are so well-known and were just as well-known in France in the 1700s. I can't imagine hundreds of people misidentifying a wolf in such an extreme fashion. It seems like most people tend to stick between theories one and two in some fashion. But the truth is that we will never know for sure. And as much as I crave to know the truth of unsolved mysteries, deep diving into some of these conspiracies was a blast. If you're interested in further information and a more in-depth dive, I encourage you to read Beast, Werewolves, Serial Killers, and man The Mystery of the Monsters of Jevoudan by Gustavo Sanchez Romero and S.R. Schwab. Monsters of the Gévaudan, The Making of a Beast, by J.M. Smith, and The Beast of Gévaudan, La Bête du Gévaudan, by Abby Pierre Porcher. What do you think La Bête du Gévaudan was? Email us at contact at Whiskey Wonder to let us know your theories. And that is the story of the Beast of Jevodon.
0: So that's gone on my list of things. Um, so I personally hope that when we die, and based off of my experiences, I'm not sure this is true or not, but I personally hope that it's like a... Um, Essentially, you get like like almost. I don't want to say the remote from Click, but you get a remote control and you can go back in time and watch and and see watch
1: and see things. See (sighs)
0: everything you want to see. Get all the answers. Like that's on my list. Like I want to know who killed JFK. I want to see what the Big Bang was like. I want to watch the dinosaurs walk around. I want to know the answer to to every
1: unsolved mystery. Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, did OJ do it? You know,
1: OJ did it. Like that's not even a question. OJ OJ did it.
0: But you know, still, I want. I I need that closure i need that absoluteness anyway this is this is on my list um while you were wrapping up there i did a little bit of research on the hyenodon. yes so they were uh they lived in europe and Mm -hmm. asia Mm -hmm. but they died out during the middle of the miocene
1: supposedly Uh,
0: i believe that's the miocene Period?
1: I'm assuming. They supposedly died out
0: during the Miocene. Supposedly, but that would put them dying out about, I don't know, 12 to 15 million years ago.
1: Maybe a couple survived. And they just kept on having just a couple...
0: Yeah, the problem with that theory is inbreeding doesn't work. (laughs)
1: Listen, that's the one... I have no idea what the fuck this beast was.
0: I I'm not disagreeing with you. Like I just I'm, don't think uh, that theory to me and and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm not saying it's right either. It's just in my opinion on the same level as Bigfoot. Okay. Because theoretically if this creature lived a handful of them have not been really seen for, you know, 15, 12, 15 million years. Theoretically, Bigfoot, a Neanderthal-type humanoid could be out there somewhere. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not saying either one's right. I'm not saying either one's wrong. Yeah. It just puts it on that level does um the one thing i was thinking about when you were naming off the the theories about what it is is and and i kind of got to this conclusion right as you were talking about the it being an escaped lion or something like that um the tail the tail really throws me for a loop a
1: long panther like tail
0: that makes me think it's I go back and forth because people know what a cat is. Tigers, but panthers, in lions. In France,
1: I don't think there were any wild cats, per se, that didn't really look like house cats. A lion with a mane, that's pretty weird looking.
0: You're absolutely right. The problem with that is male lions don't hunt. If Female, it's starving. Well, yeah, I guess if it's starving, yes.
1: Or if it's rabid, it's going to attack.
0: Sure. But typically, female lions do the hunting, which don't have a mane. So, I don't know. I th- I give that one probably the most credibility. That or it's just. I I don't think it was a guy going around. I I, th- I... like I said, the lion is about the only predator I can think of that will actively seek out humans over and even still over a cow
1: it's uh, it's very very odd no yeah. animal in history other than this beast in the few years period it hunted has behaved like this specifically targeting humans i do think and this is something you'd probably enjoy like heading into reddit and deep diving on tyler and probably a lot of you listening the theory of it being a serial killer who trained an animal to attack for it is low key fascinating. I read a lot about that. A lot of people think it was Jean Chastille just because it was very convenient that he was able to get so close to the monster to kill it with his blunderbuss. Like a lot of people had issues with that, exactly even back is in the a day.
0: Blunderbuss again.
1: A blunderbuss is a old school um, gun that. It's the looks... gun that
0: flares out like a trumpet, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's a Basically, short, yeah. large caliber barrel which is flared at the muzzle, um, and a real quick Google search doesn't tell me really anything other than that. But it's yeah, it's the one with a a trumpet thing on the end.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know what the range on something like that would be, but yeah, I. Uh, anything's possible. So yes, it's fascinating. It, it definitely could be something that somebody has trained. I I just I you mentioned it was shot several times and it fell over and then proceeded to get back up. Uh any kind of armor? that anybody in France is going to put on an animal in the late mid to late 1700s is going to be some kind of metal. And I've shot metal.
1: Um, they actually they did use um, war mastiffs in those days, and they put armor on them, and it was a leather armor that they really? wore. It was not a metal armor. Wow,
0: okay. How I effective read, was it?
1: Very effective. Really? I read about that in... Uh, one, in one of the books I read during research on this.
0: All right, then. Well, that, there goes my theory. I was going to say it echoes when you shoot metal. You can nope. shoot 100 or 200 yards, hit the metal, and you hear
1: ping. Nope. This, it nope. very well could have been a leather-type armor. Um,
0: okay. Well, that is plausible as well. Yeah, i I'm torn between it was either an escaped big cat and people were just too stupid to realize it was a cat, but I, f- I don't feel like that's plausible since you said it would stare at people through their windows. And- uh, there right.
1: was the theory, though, that stated that all that like fantastical stuff was invented by the clergy or by religious people to basically put the fear of God into the peasants. Sure. And so who knows if that was true. We can't read yeah. the peasants' version because they didn't write it down down
0: yeah well uh i I don't know what to think about this this is this is on the same level as bigfoot for me i'll that's another one that's another one i'm gonna find out the answer to when i'm dead and gone is bigfoot real
1: i i will spend probably a thousand years of my death just finding the answers to unsolved mysteries oh yeah between murders I want to know what happened things like this I just history is fascinating and there's so many questions we don't have answers to and we never will and it hurts yeah. I want the answers yeah, I want the
0: absolute <laughs> truth even um, if I don't like it but yeah well that was a actually a very interesting topic I thought from the get-go to be honest with you I was like oh boy this is gonna be it's going to be an interesting one, but no, that was really, that was good. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. I, thank I you. enjoyed that.
1: I wanted to do The Beast of Javodan since we started this podcast. It's been on my list. Um, and I finally strapped in and decided, let's do it. Because I'd read a few books on it, and I'd, I was like, all right.
0: All right. Well, on that note, we're going to jump on in.
1: No, no. Oh, wait. No, good thing's about to happen. Sorry, I thought we were going into (laughs) the end of the whiskey. I literally
0: hit the button, but it didn't play for whatever reason. And he started talking at the same time, so that was perfect. Trivia with Tyler. This couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest with you, because my phone... This phone is a Google Pixel 3 XL. It's been crapping out on me battery-wise, and so it is currently down to 3%. Oh, so.
1: my phone will turn off at 15 because fuck it. So <laughs>
0: Your phone's newer than my phone.
1: Yeah, it is, but I don't know why Android just, like, it hits 15 and it's like, I'm dead.
0: Oh, that sucks. Mine's not that bad. <laughs> fuck. All right. Anyway, this week I'm going to teach you this interesting little spooky nugget. Or maybe it'll help explain some spooky nuggets.
1: Ooh, it's a spooky week.
0: Many haunted houses have been investigated and found to contain high levels of carbon monoxide or other poisons, which can cause hallucinations. The carbon monoxide theory explains why haunted houses are mostly older houses, which are more likely to contain aging and defective appliances. So next time you hallucinate and think that you're haunted and you've not been um, enjoying a drug, I'll just say it that way, it may or may not be carbon monoxide poisoning.
1: Tyler, the reason why I look so disappointed and upset with this Tyler nugget is you know that I like to write. I like to write stories. And podcast people, I love writing. I would love to be an author. I'd love to get published. I.
0: You can self-publish on Amazon now.
1: I know, but just the chances you know. of getting successful on it are.
0: Oh well. You, oh, you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I want to get. You want to be a successful, artist. yeah,
1: I want to get. picked up writer. by Penguin and That's my dream. Oh, I would be Penguin who publishes Stephen King. I want to be with them. Anyway, I would any if you're a publishing house listening. I don't care who you are. Publish me. Anyway.
0: But she's going to leave you for Penguin. No, that's not true. Not if you offer me the right deal. Um,
1: The reason why I'm so upset at that Tyler Nugget is because I have been having so much fun writing a short horror story that...
0: I just took a dump all over? No, no, no. Oh.
1: I've been, like, teasing Houston about what it is and how I'm not going to tell him anything until he reads it, and you just gave away the fucking plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> yee-haw, yee-haw.
0: <gasps> 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 oh no, Houston, I'm You gave away the goddamn <laughs> twist that I thought I was brilliant. I was so
1: brilliant and smart for coming up with this huge terrifying demonic possession that this middle-aged divorcee is experiencing
0: oh and
1: in the end it turns out the house she moved into had a carbon monoxide leak and she was being poisoned and you literally gave away my twist
0: i saw you over there reacting and i didn't know what it was i Uh, was like
1: stop stop (laughs) no (laughs) so
0: whoops well
1: well houston when you read that short story spoilers (laughs) but it's still gonna be a good story It's still written really well. If I do say my, so myself, and if uh, anyone wants to read it, email us at contact at wonder dot com.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm well,
1: so low key upset I, of all of the Tyler nuggets.
0: God damn it! I am so sorry because I had about eight or nine oh lined up that I could have picked from. That was just the <laughs> that was just the one that was the furthest back in the rotation. So I figured I'd pull it to the front.
1: Motherfucker. Well. Well, Tyler.
0: Whoopsies. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> oof! All right. Like I said, we don't have any mail time this week. Houston, write us a mail time on how you feel about that uh, giant spoiler that I just accidentally, unknowingly. I didn't even yeah. know she was writing a short story. No. <laughs> Who do?
1: Uh. So well, actually, yeah. Houston, email us a uh wonder uh email thing.
0: Yeah. Um, we haven't
1: ever heard from you. And you are probably a better writer than I am. So that's your challenge this week. Email us.
0: We've, Houston's been on the, in here for the podcast. He's been in here. He's he's not been on on it. it. Okay. No,
1: he's like sat in the corner and listened to us. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll move on.
1: Now, time for the bad
0: one. Final thoughts. So, uh, uh, number one, I think we can gather Megan's opinion. I don't like it. Um,
1: I was hoping this would be one that as I sipped on more, I'd like it more. No.
0: So this to me is, if you were watching on YouTube, you notice that halfway through Megan's tale, I stopped drinking. Um, And I did that, not because necessarily I don't like it, uh, but because I just kind of started to run out. Um, you know, this is kind of similar to the Flaviar samples we get. We just, it's not, it's not quite as much as I would pour in if we had a fifth. So I had to save a little for the end here. Unlike Megan, this is something that has grown on me as I've gone, especially the smell. I get much more vanilla and much more caramel Apple, it balances well, and I'm not getting nearly as much burn in my nose hairs now. Well, taste um, wise, mm. it was still very overpowering as far as the burn and the alcohol.
1: Um, I the burn is very overpowering, and Tyler said at the beginning it would be like a winter sipping whiskey to warm you up, and my biggest issue with that is there are whiskeys we've tried that burn this much, but taste better. So, I don't... Especially for how exclusive this particular barrel is and how much a fifth is, being on that mid-range $60 price, I... I don't think it's worth it um, starlight distillery stick to wine um, and if you're gonna focus on liquor uh like let's put a little bit more effort into it and actually attempt to make your website mention anything about the fact you distill whiskey and not just brandy and wine i I don't know I'm salty about this salty a f it's a two. Uh, mm. I don't like it.
0: Apparently, in Megan's eyes, it's a two and more than more ways than one. <laughs> Please tell me somebody got <laughs> My that. God, joke. It,
1: it took me a minute. It took me a minute.
0: Jesus. Um,
1: get water to wash that shit down.
0: i um, so uh, you know I've talked about recently. There's like a there's like a golden Goldilocks zone of of spice and burn for me. And this is definitely in the Papa Bear porridge side. Uh, it's too hot, way too hot for me. But with that being said, I very much like the flavor. Um, uh, honestly, I have no complaints with it other than it's just too much of a burn. I do agree with Megan. We've had, um, we've had whiskeys that burn similarly that Have a little bit. uh, I'm not even going to say a better taste because I do enjoy the taste of it. So I'm. uh, I'm probably I'm going to go. I'm torn. I think the the intensity of the burn is a little much for me. And that's ultimately knocking this down. I'm going to go with a four and a half. Okay. Uh, um, I would definitely drink this on my porch in the wintertime, smoking a cigar. And one thing I would mention, and I haven't um done this, and I might would like to borrow your water for a moment. I don't know if you have any left.
1: Oh yeah, I have a ton of water left.
0: I meant whiskey.
1: Oh no, I don't have any. Okay.
0: Left. Um. Sorry. I. I had, shot
1: that shit. And got rid of it.
0: Yeah, I had. Was it any better shooting it? I haven't done that yet. Was shooting it any better? Nope. No? Okay. Nope. I took a... uh, If you haven't listened to our 2020 year in special yet, you're not going to know which whiskey this is, but I took our favorite whiskey from 2020, and I had it and a cigar for supper one night this evening on the porch, and two drops of water drastically changed the flavor.
1: Really? Made
0: it even better.
1: Even better?
0: Two drops. So, I'm interested. I really kind of want to do this with this one. We don't have more for me to do this. You know what? Yeah, I, I don't want to stick my finger in your bottle of water there, but uh, dip dip your finger in there and put a put a drop of water in there. I want to see what I'm that does. Make to
1: a goddamn mess. Um, because it's like it's sealed. <laughs>
0: Oh, this is riveting.
1: <laughs> this is A plus high class. Yes. Megan uh,
0: is struggling with her bottle. There we go. There's, Jesus Christ. There a, a drop of
1: water. This is uh, some high class uh, Highfalutin. podcasting.
0: Highfalutin.
1: More, All right. More we got to
0: drop in there. I'm on to
1: a- master's of podcasting. Does it smell better? Does it taste better?
0: Definitely more vanilla smell.
1: Okay, did it cut Um, the burn?
0: Yeah, it cut the burn back. I would say before I would call it like 75% burn. It was like 7.5 out of 10 on the burn. Um, It it cut it back to like a solid 6.5. Okay. Just that one drop of water.
1: Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's still a very high burn, but it's not 75%.
0: Yeah, this is just a smidge more than I would uh, ideally have it now. So I'm going to up it. I'm going to change my rating. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to change it to a five. That's a good, solid, average whiskey. Needs needs a drop to a water. Might even be even better with uh, some ice in it. But we'll have to try. Megan's vehemently shaking her head.
1: Icky. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there we are. Every week. <laughs> All anyway, right. On that note.
1: Uh, um, well, guys, thank you for uh, sticking around and listening to us be master podcasters. Yes. Um, please shoot us an email at contact at whiskey and dot com. Um, especially if you have your own tidbit to put in about the beast of Gévaudan, Uh, and let me know how well I did in my French pronunciations. I, yeah. think, I think I did pretty good with most of them. There was a couple that I was like, hmm, that's wrong. Like Porcher, por- Porche, I don't know.
0: I don't know. You said a couple that was like Lervé or something like that. Livré. Livré. And isn't the Louvre spelled something like that?
1: Totally different spelling. The Louvre is a it's, museum.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like L-U-V-R-E.
1: L-O-U-R-V-E.
0: Yeah, but I didn't know if the...
1: Uh, livre is L-I-V-R-E.
0: Yeah, is... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. For I don't know. It I was currency the, at one point. I didn't know if the R-E was silent. Like, it's not even in the loo. Louvre. The Louvre is a toilet. <laughs> um, anyway, let us know what you think, What which theory you believe yeah, you know, definitely. Do you think it's a lion? Do you think it's a, a crazy man with an armored dog wolf, or dog? wolf or something? Do you think it's... Werewolves? Where, yeah, werewolves. Is it or God? Did, did God send a monster to punish? Maybe it's the devil.
1: Could be the devil punishing maybe, France.
0: Maybe it's me. Who knows? <laughs> Just let me know. No one knows know where Tyler
1: think. was in 1765, guys. So exactly. It's possible.
0: Exactly, so... Anyway, on that note, uh, everybody, y'all have a great week. We'll be back next week. Um, yeah. I all right. That's
1: it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Have a good day. Don't drink and drive. And cheers. No.